Hey guys, welcome back to Athlete Stories. This show is brought to you by Wadproof Bionic. Uh, Bionic is a program they launched a few months back to help members improve their mobility and range of motion while becoming better overall athletes. Wadproof Bionic tracks and analyzes movement in real time with the goal of providing unique mobility plans for each user. You can get a free week of Wadproof Bionic at the link in our bio. Uh, the show is also brought to you by X Endurance. X Endurance Sports Supplements is approved by Informed Sport for Professional Athletes. I know I say this every time, but if you're an athlete that gets drug tested, I would highly recommend X Endurance. There's also a link to them in the show notes as well. But today's episode, we've got none other than Phil Toon, recent podium winner at Granny at Ga- podium winner at Gran- at the Granite Games, uh, up and coming rookie going to his first CrossFit Games. Phil, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. I was actually thinking about that phrase, podium winner. Even if you're not first, you're still a podium winner, right? Like that phrase is still accurate? Like you podiumed? You know, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert. Maybe podium finisher? Podium finisher. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right when I said winner, I was like, well, that that might be misleading. He podiumed at the Granite Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, man, congratulations. Uh, That was a hell of a performance. at the Granite Games. Thank you. Absolutely, man. You uh, so kind of after right after that happens, when they say you know Phil Tune, you're going to the CrossFit Games. What was the feeling or the first thought that comes to mind? Relief, in a sense. You know, um, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. All athletes do, especially when you have expectations. Uh, and it's nice, you know, like all the sacrifices you made, you just, you know, it's just kind of all flashed before your eyes, like every, every tough decision you made, every decision not to, you know, eat that meal or go out and do this and, you know, go that extra mile in a workout. It kind of all just like, you know, it's just a sense of relief and that, all right, it was worth it. Yeah. I feel that man. Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about in terms of the CrossFit games? Is there like a specific event? Is there like, uh, anything in particular that comes to mind when you're like, this is what I'm most looking forward to? You know, um, on the competition floor, definitely just pushing myself, uh, you know, that extra mile, I think with semifinals, it's like I said, there's a lot of expectations because the season's not done yet. So you want to get to that, you know, that level to cross the games. Um, and then once you're there, it's like, all right, just, just leave it all out there. This is it regardless, good or bad. So you have nothing to lose at that point. So, you know, I'm really excited just going in with that mindset of, uh, you know, like I'm here, I might as well just go out, give it my best. Uh, and, you know, I'm really excited to do it with, you know, my friends and my family um, behind me there. You know, they they pushed me. I love them and they support me. So that's uh, something I'm super excited for. Yeah. And you have a pretty big um, like in-person fan base, I guess you could say, right? Like mm-hmm. you have a lot of in-person supporters, whereas, and of course, I'm not sure where they're all from but obviously that depends on how far it is and and so but you you have a lot of supporters friends and family that came out to the granite games to see you where are you originally from uh originally i'm from new york um but uh primarily like my crossfit uh career and my fans are all from arizona um you know i worked at the gym out there uh coached taught kids classes and whatnot so i just built some good relationships with with some people out there and they've kind of seen me you know working throughout the years and you know like it goes so far beyond the gym with them. So, you know, they come out to support me. They call themselves the tune squad and they, they definitely get rowdy. (laughs) Yeah. That's a convenient last name. Yeah. Um, It works out well. What did you have a nickname growing up? 
Um, no, not. I mean, you know, the the standard uh, cartoon, Tunchi, all that stuff, just around, around the last name, easy ones. Yeah. Um, did you ever get picked on for it? When I was younger, and then I had this face that uh, just always looked like you might not want to mess with that guy. You're not sure what he's. Yeah. Doing. But I'm I really agree. Nice <laughs> I've met. I guess I think I've been. I've um, met you or been around you twice, and uh, you're very nice both times. And you're. I mean, you're well spoken so far. And like, um, but just looking at you, it is yeah. one of those things where you're like, <laughs> I don't see an MMA fighter. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, you don't have like the the softest like uh, like I don't look at you and think I'll beat that guy up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I can exactly. imagine growing up. I was yeah. curious, like, were you small? Were you big? Or, or like, what was that like for you? No, I, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I was a skinny, I was skinny. I played basketball, like, in high school. I think I, by the time I graduated high school, I was probably about maybe 155, 160 pounds. Uh, right now, I fluctuate around, like, you know, 200, maybe a little bit less. So, I put on a lot of weight since then, but I think it's just my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You ever think maybe, like, maybe I should smile more? You ever think that? Yeah, I mean, all the time. But uh, at the <laughs> end of the day, it's I can't. I'm just I'm just me. And if I'm competing, don't expect too many smiles until the competition's over. Yeah, I feel that uh, the faces that I make, man, um, are are not flattering at all. I hear you. Um, so you're from New York. What part of New York? Westchester County, so the county north of the city. Okay. And then, uh, how, how long did you live there? Did you grow up there? Yeah, I grew up in New York. Um, I lived there until I was 18 or 19, I think maybe 19. Uh, and then I moved to Arizona. Um, I went to ASU, Arizona State. Uh, and then uh, I lived there until I was about 23 this past year. And then, and then I moved to Florida. Yeah, and so you're in you're in Fort Myers, Naples? Naples, area. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Southwest. Um, what's that move been like from Arizona to Florida? You, uh, truthfully, man, it's it's been great having Matt Torres, of course, uh, my coach, um, another brute strength coach, uh, Dom. Uh, it's been great having them. You know, just having having the hands on aspect of it. Like, you know, I feel like all the top athletes in CrossFit, if they're not at a training camp, um, you know, they're working with a remote coach of some sort, and it's the way to go. You know, you have to do it because you need, you know, you need that great programming and stuff, but it can be challenging in the sense of you can't get that like immediate feedback. So, you know, you struggle, like for me, um, snatching for instance is, is a weak point. So, um, being able to make the correction on the spot rather than wait, like, you know, an hour a day, two days, um, until the next day I snatch is like, it can be difficult, especially for somebody, you know, who wants to like, you know, implement these things right away. Cause we have, you know, so many high goals to achieve, um, so that's been like the best thing, uh, in terms of the move, you know, I will say Arizona was awesome for people like my age. There's just a lot to do there. Uh, me and my girlfriend talk, it's like the most convenient place in the world. It's like, you need an energy drink before work. There's like 80 gas stations in the next like two miles and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, it's so convenient. Everything's so close. Um, but I mean, I can't complain in Florida. I live like three minutes from the beach. Uh, so that's something nice to do. And uh, I love the weather, and I have had my parents about two hours from me um, throughout the whole winter. So I was able to see them a few more times in the past, which has been great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, how, when you say you have a your weak you, your snatch is your weak point. Yep. What what is your snatch? Two seventy five, 
and I've been stuck there before before you say anything. I've been stuck at 275 since I was 19 and I've my clean is over 100 pounds more than my snatch. So <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say relative to that. your other lifts, your yeah. snatch is a weak point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, it will survive with a 275 snatch when it comes down to it, but shoot um, man, all these freaking kids these days are snatching 300 and stuff. I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. I we'll know. get there though. We're going to get yeah. there this year. That's it's wild though. And I think, you know, just watching some athletes, it's like you're it's like some athletes brain understands the snatch more than others. You know what I mean? Like the patience. Just, yeah. Yeah. You just see it like flow better with some, and even like, especially in young athletes, right. Cause they haven't had three, four, five, six, seven years to practice this movement, yeah. but all of a sudden they're just like flowing so well with it. Mm-hmm. 19 years old, snatching 300 pounds or something. And it's like, that's clearly something that you just understood. Yeah. Like, yeah. like skateboarding for me, for example, like I grew up skateboarding. And, you know, some of us, like for, I got the kickflip like the first day. I mean, I mm-hmm. spent like hours on it, but still mm-hmm. first day. And some other people would take them like a year. You know what I mean? Like just because they, they couldn't wrap their head around it. Um, yeah, no, I, skateboard, I, I skateboarded for a while when I was younger too. And um, yeah, man, the, the technical aspect of it, it's, it's crazy. It's just yeah. it's, you know, constantly trying to master your craft on it. Like I could never do a 360 flip, but I could no. do – um, everything regular I could do switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just like a couple of things that you couldn't figure out in your brain. You know what I mean? You're like, I, I see you doing it, but when I, I do, do it, it, it doesn't do that. You know, like that's every day when I see Dallin snatching, I'm like, I feel like in my head, I see myself doing that, but then I watch my <laughs> videos and I'm not doing it at all. <laughs> I feel that. Um, Phil, if you, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Three words, uh, serious, nice, and intense. Serious and intense kind of go hand in hand, but especially as an athlete, I feel like I'm very, you know, passionate, intense, and some people might uh, mistake that for like, uh, you know, mean or being angry, but I feel like once you get to know me, you you know, I'm a really, I feel like I'm a really nice guy, soft-spoken, um, so yeah. Nice. Um, side note. Uh, Matt DeLuga said, what's up? What's up, Matt? Uh, just got a text from him. He's actually he's my roommate. So he's probably yeah. Listening. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I like him a lot. His ears on the door right now. listening to me talk about snatching with you. Um, that's, that's but, uh, so, so you, um, you went from New York to Arizona. Where would you, where were you training at in Arizona? You were at a CrossFit there. Yeah. So, um, I was at, um, majestic fitness which is my brother's gym um i was there for you know quite a few years and then i was at uh we moved over um towards this gym called cross and mesa um which is you know within the same area but you know a little closer and cross at mesa was where uh i actually still do programming for them uh, i got a ton of good buddies over there great gym and that's pro- primarily where you know a bunch of the tune squad is is at right now um and that gym uh, it was a pretty big gym, had a lot of members, and like I said, I do the programming for there. I taught the Olympic lifting class there. We did that twice a week. Uh, I taught a kids' class there, and my girlfriend coached as well. Awesome. Yeah, man. And when did you like start doing CrossFit full-time? Full-time? So, I mean... Meaning like, like let me let me clarify. Yeah, Instead yeah. Of, I imagine that you have like a fitness background prior mm-hmm. to like 
like being like, oh, I like this CrossFit thing. You know what I mean? Got it. Okay. So when, were yeah. the, when did you become a CrossFitter? Um, when I was probably about 19 or 20. So I, I took kind of a different approach to CrossFit. Um, but I did start in your like general uh, everyday classes. That's what I did for pretty much. I primarily did class workouts. I didn't actually get a coach uh, until last year, right before the open, like a week before the open. Um, and that was Matt and I've been Matt since. And, um, but when I started CrossFit, I started in like, I think 2017, maybe, um, after basketball, I had a few injuries. I got, um, I had ankle surgery and broke my ankle, broke my foot. And, uh, after that, I was kind of just like, I can't even walk out the door without twisting my ankle. So I probably shouldn't play basketball anymore. And then I found CrossFit and my brother was very good at it. And I was, uh, um, you know, he had a gym in New York at the time. So I was, you know, he was helping me out and got me like, you know, he was a big inspiration and got me into it and, and, uh, the whole competitive mindset of it, but I didn't actually transition into wanting to compete, you know, for quite a few years. Um, like I said, I started doing in like 2017, 2018, I was doing, you know, a lot of class workouts and stuff. And then I competed at Wadapalooza actually in, uh, one of those years, I can't remember which year exactly was. And, uh, I did pretty well. I competed in the RX division. And at that point I realized that I was like, I need to get stronger. Like I just can't, you know, there was a heavy lifting event and I just couldn't hang with the guys on the lifting event. So, uh, and then of course, you know, the elite guys are stupid strong. So yeah. like, this is, this is, you know, if I can't lift these weights, I can't compete. It doesn't matter how good I am in burpees. You know, if you can't, you know, pick up that bar, you can't do anything. So I went on a few like strength cycles uh, and I really just, hammered the raw strength squat, deadlift, uh, pressing, um, snatch, clean, and jerk, and uh, wanted to get my strength to a certain point before I decided to kind of like, you know, really start competing in CrossFit again. And that was like, you know, a few years process. Um, fast forward, you know, while, and I actually, you know, I did some powerlifting for a little. And uh, after that, um, it came like the 2021 Open. And that's when I was like, all right, now it's time to, you know, Put all the cards on the table with CrossFit and really just like devote, you know, no more powerlifting, no more strength cycles. I'm where I need to be now. I need to just get fitter. Did you? Because you're pretty freaking strong. Did you realize when you started those strength cycles that this is something that I don't want to say it comes easy to you as if you didn't put in the work, but you're <laughs> you're stronger than a lot of other people that have done a handful of strength cycles. Let's just so, say that. You know what I mean? It was it was weird. So. I felt like I was always a, you know, a kind of strong kid, like in high school and stuff. I, I enjoyed working out like through, through basketball and stuff. I, I really enjoyed like, you know, you know, squatting, benching. Uh, I just enjoyed going to the gym and, and being in shape and stuff. Um, and I, I remember I squatted 405 when I was like eight, 17 or 18. Uh, and I was like, man, that was pretty good. My deadlift was bad. I couldn't deadlift anything, which is so weird. I my deadlift was maybe like, 385, 405, my squat was 405, uh, which is super strange. And then it was, um, you know, fast forward maybe two years, I was on a squat cycle and I randomly pulled like 500 just out of nowhere. I was like, what the hell just happened? And, you know, like you said, um, I realized um, the squat and the deadlift came pretty easy to me compared to like, you know, other things. I was like, I really like doing this and I'm pretty good at it. And, you know, I'm not that heavy uh, and I was way lighter back then. So that's actually why I was like, I want to do a powerlifting meet. I want to kind of like see what my potential could be. And I only devoted about like, you know, eight to 12 weeks of training specifically for that powerlifting meet. 
And um, I did a lot of that programming myself and, and uh, you know, just kind of like mixed and matched percentages. And I loved it. it was, I'm definitely at some point, you know, going to try to do another meet just because it, it was really fun. And I, and I do have some numbers like in the back of my head that I eventually want to get to that I no way in hell could touch right now that I don't even yeah. want to try to touch. Um, but, you know, those those two lifts definitely came a little bit easier to me than others. Bench, definitely not my best, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see why with some work I could get there in that one as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I've done two powerlifting meets, and it, like, it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't, um, yeah, dude, I don't know if crazy. it's more – it is a totally different environment, obviously, than a CrossFit competition. Yeah. Um, but I segued from, like, competitive bodybuilding – and then I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to try powerlifting. And powerlifting was way more fun than bodybuilding. Yes. You yes. Know? yes. Um, Absolutely. And then like, you get into CrossFit and you're like, oh, this is kind of a little bit of everything. And, it is. And, yeah. Yeah. So the powerlifting, I had never done a powerlifting meet or anything. And uh, it was a local meet at a powerlifting gym in the, uh, in the Phoenix uh, Gilbert area. And, um, you know, I don't even, I guess it maybe was a, I don't remember what the federation, I think it was like APA or something, the Federation American Powerlifting Association. And uh, they like didn't have a spot available. And then somehow I got in and, uh, you know, I had no idea what to expect. I remember watching uh, the West Side versus the World documentary like the night before. <laughs> Dude, I was so fucking scared. I was like, man, <laughs> these guys are mean. Like they're going to they're going to hate me tomorrow. And I walked in there. I was wearing a CrossFit shirt. I uh, had my two pood uh, Velcro belt. I had um uh, nanos on the, the fronings not a power not a power lifter at all like by any means these guys yeah. are fat you know drinking honey in between sets and uh you know just strong but one thing i can tell you is like the community aspect of it like is the same like people get hyped for each other just like they do in cross you know like when i'm competing i'm not necessarily cheering for the guy next to me because i want to beat him but like you know you see in the weightlifting event the crowd is pumped up for everybody it doesn't matter if they're yeah. cheering for you know their guy specifically or their lady you know they cheer for everybody so that was awesome. Like I was taken back by how nice and friendly everybody was and you know, how everybody was trying to help one another, but man, the, the atmosphere in there, like I said, it was tiny, the gym, but it was packed and it was loud. Like I, my deadlift video, my last, when I hit uh, my last deadlift, I don't know if I've ever heard a gym get as loud as that. Like I felt like I probably could have lifted anything on that lift. Yeah. Just pure adrenaline and testosterone, everything in the air is sweaty, smelly, but I fucking loved it, man. It was, yeah. Like I just love, I love, I love intensity and like anger when I lift. Like I, I can't, I can't lift in that quiet room with no music. Like yeah, same. I, you know, all the people who train with me, they all make. It's kind of like a joke, but like you know, if I'm having a bad lifting session, you know, you're most likely gonna hear it. Like maybe that chalk bucket will get it, maybe that water bottle will get it. You know, something, something's gonna get you know kicked or <laughs> thrown, thrown around near me. And uh, everybody, you know, we laugh about it once we're done. I'm sure, like you know, you know James and Dolan and all them. Um, you know, they know, but like, I need that sometimes to like get my best lift. Like sometimes I need to just like get that angry. And I feel like in the powerlifting community, it's kind of just like you walk in and it's like that atmosphere for a lift. And I love yeah, it. It's normal. So fun. Yeah. It's so fun. So I will definitely be, uh, be making my way as long as my body can hold up. What'd you finish with at that, at that meet? Uh, I did five seventy five on squat. <sighs> 357 on bench maybe 347 actually 347 on bench and uh 661 on deadlift 
yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Man, I How could. How much uh, did you weigh? Uh, one ninety-eight. That's crazy. Did you win? Uh, yes, yes. It, like I said, it wasn't a crazy meet. So my deadlift actually, you know, is decently competitive for my weight class. Squat would need to be higher. Bench is trash. Um, and I'm talking in terms of like national level. I'm not yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but story with, with the squat is I didn't squat for like three weeks leading up to it because I, I like pulled my groin. It was black and blue. Um, I was doing something really dumb, but I hadn't done it. I hadn't squatted any weight leading up to it for like three weeks. So 575 was a huge PR at the time. So, you know, if I were to go into it again, I'd probably train a little bit smarter. Like I said, I did a lot of it myself. And the day I messed up my groin, it was because on Saturday I was doing like box squats at 485. And then I came in on Monday. I was trying to do like doubles at 505 on squat. And that's not enough time for one year CNS to recover, let alone like, you know, your body. Like that's way, way, way too much impact. Yeah. Uh, and too close, too close in between. So, you know, I would do things different. I would definitely reach out to a coach and hopefully be able to, you know, take care of some of those little stupid things. Yeah. Um, how did you get connected with Matt Torres? Like what, you know, when you decided, Oh, I need a coach. Did you look at a couple coaches where you were like, that's my coach? Or yeah. Yeah. Had that happen? Yep. Um, so <laughs> it was after the fittest, I did the fittest experience in 2021, maybe. Yeah, whatever. I did it not this year, the year prior. Right before the open. Yeah, and that was when I after that was when I decided, like, all right, I'm gonna actually try to, you know, I'm gonna really try to push to the games and stuff. Um and I was like, all right, I need a coach. Um or I, I wanted to try to do it myself because I felt like I had some knowledge in programming and then I went into the gym one day program for myself. I walked in wanting to do this and I ended up doing this because this was way more fun than the other piece I'd program which is what I feel like you always do if you know, you're doing it yourself. Yeah. You never want to make yourself just row or do whatever for an hour. So at that point I reached out to, um, I want to say I reached out to like Invictus, um, OPEX, maybe, maybe one more. Um, and then I reached out to Matt and my whole idea with reaching out to Matt was I want to, I don't really want to follow a template program and I want something individualized because I feel like I, you know, there's, there's, I feel like I'm good at pushing myself. I feel like I'm good at, you know, you know, putting myself in that place to get better at the cardio and stuff. But I felt, I feel like with an individual coach, it goes beyond that in terms of, you know, just like him, you know, finding the bits and the pieces that actually can like put it all together. Right. And, uh, Matt and I had a phone call and, you know, afterwards I was like, man, I, like this dude, he's not flashy. He's not you know, saying this, he said one thing, which really stuck out to me. He's like, I have athletes that are going to do really well in the open quarterfinals and stuff. So he's like, you know, I can tell you straight up, you know, right after you do the workout, if it's going to be good enough. And I was training by myself at the time. So that was like, well, I, you know, I, I, I want that because it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of unknown in the open yeah. the quarterfinals. And, um, you know, for me in the semifinals last year, it was, you know, that was, that was a big, big key factor. And he wouldn't tell me, you know, Dallin's score, but he would tell me like, all right, like, you know, we need to come up with another game plan or, um, you know, there is, there is quite a few of us that were, you know, pushing for that games level. So to be able to be able to uh, like compare a little bit in the sense, or, you know, have him, uh, you know, have some ideas of what good scores are, was very helpful. And uh, that's kind of, you know, what put me over the top and, and with him, and I told him I would try his approach and it was very, very, very different from what I was doing. Um, but I was, I was seeing results pretty early. So I, I liked it a lot. 
Awesome. And you mentioned like you're uh, kind of circling back to your your gym behavior, right? Like leveraging <laughs> anger and loud music. Uh, I imagine that's a significant contrast to Emma Carey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love Emma. She's she's a sweetheart, and I think she, uh, I think she gets taken back by my uh, my gym freakout sessions here and there. But we make it work, and we get along, and, and we uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, it's two. We're very similar in a sense. I think we have a very similar approach to, you know, competition and and our competitors and our workouts, and I think we can see that in one another. Of course, we're you know, I'm like seven years older than her, but the one thing that like I. I know with Emma and I know, I don't, I don't think there's very many people that are like this in CrossFit. I think there are a few. Um, and that's just like the, that are just cold blooded killers when they're out on the competition floor. Like I don't, I really, I don't see very many in the sport of CrossFit. Um, you know, like I always, people always like ask me about like that mindset and I just think about Kobe, you know, Kobe was a killer. Like he didn't want to, you know, it, until it was over, there was no friendships, there was no talking, there was no, you know, none of this, like, bullshit, excuse me, language. Um, there was none of this, like, you know, like, joking around mindset, like, he, it was, you know, he was, it was a business trip until he was done, and, uh, you know, like I said, I don't see too many in CrossFit, not saying that, you know, everybody has to be like that to be good, because there are plenty of other athletes out there that are unbelievable in the sport, that are, you know, jokesters, and can joke around, and laugh around, before events and go out there and perform amazing. Um, but Emma, I feel like is that one that she just like, she just wants to go and just destroy you. doesn't matter if she's winning by a minute, she wants to win by two minutes. Um, and I feel like, you know, we can, we relate in that sense. And, and that's, and you know, we, we have that common ground there, even though we might, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We might like, you know, show it, wear it on our sleeves a little bit differently where she's like very quiet and reserved and like, you know, if I'm having a bad day, you'll probably know about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've seen that look on her face. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When she's on the competition floor. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's unbelievable. Like I have so much respect for her both as an athlete, as a person. She's, you know, I, I can't imagine doing what she's doing at, you know, 17, 18 years old. It's unreal. Yeah, it is. It's very impressive. Um, what, what's one of your first memories as a kid? First memories as a kid? Um, well, I don't know why this just popped in my head. So I was, <clears throat> uh, at the playground with my mom. She's pushing me on the swing set and my, and the cops had to come to uh, get us off the swing set because the park was closing and I didn't want to leave. <laughs> my mom loves that story. And I would sing a song. I don't remember what the song is, but, uh, yeah, I was, I love the swing set. I would not leave it. Wow. Yeah, man. Uh, was, was that your first uh, altercation with the law or? Hey, man, just because I'm covered in tattoos doesn't mean I'm all <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. I hope so. What is, uh, what's one of your proudest moments as a kid that you can recall, whether it's like young adult or, or like young kid? Proudest moments as a kid. Hmm. That's a tough one. Probably, you know. Hmm. I'd say my first year of, uh, of high school basketball at my public school, um, hitting a game winner versus our uh, rivalry team, that was like just a surreal moment. And, you know, something I'll, I've 
talked about and will remember forever. That was a super, super cool moment. It was at their, at their home court and crowded gym. I had, I was uh, supposed to be the starting point guard at the time. And I was playing like crap the first two games. So, so the dude came in and started and I don't know if he was sick or something happened. And, you know, I got this, got the opportunity and made the most of it. That's epic. That's like yeah. everybody wants that kind of memory, bro. It was, <laughs> dude, it was, it was unreal. It was like, it's actually on YouTube and it was the weirdest shot. I did like the splits in the air. It was like almost from half court. And uh, yeah, we won, went crazy. And then we had a tournament like the next day and I hit another game winner that day. So that was two back to back was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Let's pull this up. Let's pull yeah, this clip up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my shorts and jersey were way too big. They were supposed to be for the big man, but for some reason I got them. <laughs> was that it? Can you can you Yeah, you might be able to pull up a better one. That was really blur. That was I mean it was quick. There you go. Can you un unmute it? Oh, <laughs> see that little split? I don't know what that was. Yo, that is so sick. Sing like the whole city girl against me. Every time I'm in the street, I get Yeah, man. Whoa, that is epic. <laughs> it was. Dang. Um. Yeah, that would. That's for sure one of the proudest moments. Um, that's like every uh, high school movie that ever comes out. Basically, you live that out. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. <laughs> every like, so you think you can dance kind of movie, you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm jealous. Uh, what's your what's your favorite music to, to listen to when you work out? Rap. Okay. All what, um, what's like the one song right now? You know what I mean? That you're like, I'm going to play this song real quick. Um. What was I listening to before? I was, I mean, DMX is like my go-to pre-workout. Uh, like okay. he's always D, DMX, Fifty Cent, but uh, probably there's a song, um, uh, "What's My Name" by DMX. I was like my go-to before, uh, before in all the Granite Games workouts. I was I had that on. It just locks me in. But yeah, oh, I like I like the early two thousands hip hop. That's that's where I find my pre-workout. That's sick. Yeah. What about like if you're if you're driving long road trip? What are you playing? Is it rap still or are you? Yeah, yeah, but I, I like some other stuff. Um, there's this dude I got. He's a uh, he's from North Carolina, and um, Jay Cole just signed him recently. His name is Murray or Moray, and uh, he he does like kind of like rap singing a little bit of both. Do you know who Rod Wave is? You ever heard of Rod Wave? No. Mm -hmm. Well, he's kind of like similar to that. It's um. He, he hasn't had any like breakout breakout songs yet, and I'm very surprised. He's extremely talented. Like he does like a mixture of rap and singing. But he had, he came out with an album last year, and I can. It's one of the few albums, like especially in today's music, that I can kind of listen to through and through. And uh, whenever I listen, you know, I'm just in the car for a long ride or just chilling. I'll kind of just throw that on, start to finish. I don't really, really not like any of the al or songs on that album. It's good. Nice. We uh we touched on your proudest moment. What's what's like one of the uh what's the most trouble you've ever been in mm, truthfully man i was a i was a good kid I, or at least i got away with got away with things <laughs> i was good at getting away with things but never had any uh issues with the law uh you know i had a I've 
had some idiot friends who've done some crazy things. But uh, this this is a funny one. So this one's crazy. I don't even know if I should be saying this, but whatever. It's uh, <laughs> you it should is, definitely uh, be saying this. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's fine. We were it was me and two or three other kids, and I think we were like sixteen. So in New York. Um, the kid who was driving, he had his junior license. None of us had our license at the time. So junior license, you you can't have uh, anyone under the age of 21, I think, sitting in the front seat. So already doing that. And, the, and you can't drive past like 9 p.m. or something, right? And uh, we were at our buddy's place. We were on the street. And they were like, yeah, we went out egging last night. Um, egging cars. It was so fun. I was like, not a good idea. That was like, I, was, I was being the smart guy. I'm like, it's just not a good idea. But of course, five minutes later, we're out egging cars and um, we're driving. We happen to egg this one car and this car turns around and uh, follows us. And we were in uh, my buddy's town and there's like a lot of crazy Italian kids and stuff who live there. And they uh, they pull up next to us or going. This is not like, you know, country. This is like suburb city mix. It's like there's a lot of cars and stuff. They pull up on the other side of the street next to us, take out a vodka bottle, throw it at the car. <laughs> And they're like telling us to pull over and we're like in like a, you know, small car chase in like a town and um, <laughs> we're freaking out. We don't know what to do. We can't pull over because they're going to beat the crap out of us. They're giant, <laughs> like they're they're angry and there's a few of them in there. And they ended up seeing who it was and they were like these big, like juiced up kids at their high school. <clears throat> and uh, we're going through town out like 60 miles per hour. It's probably like 25 or 35 mile per hour speed limit. And I was like, hey, let's get on the highway. Um, you know, like I'm familiar with, with the place. We get on the highway and we're probably going 120 on the highway. I'm not even kidding. Like we were going so fast. Our heart rates were through the roof and we're on, uh, it's called the Sawmill Parkway in New York and the state police, um, whatever, the state police station is like right there on the highway. So couldn't have been a worse place to be speeding. And we're and they're just chasing us like we've been on the highway for now like 10 minutes just in a car chase and like i said this kid only has his junior license and he's not necessarily the smartest or the best driver so we're all freaking out and um one of them like i said he's you know he recognizes the kid who is in there so he tries to call him on the phone and be like hey it's me like let's figure this out and the dude was just like no screw that like you know <laughs> we're coming and luckily they got caught behind a car and I knew uh, somebody that lived off this exit. All right. Yes. Yes. Somebody that lived off this exit. So I was like, pull off here. I know where to go. We go and we end up uh, not going to that person's house, but we end up going under a hotel parking. And my friend's dad came and picked us up. We wouldn't even drive back in the same car. <laughs> Dude, it was like, I remember, we were like, talk about just pure adrenaline and scared and not knowing what, what's happening. That was it. Oddly enough, I've been in a couple uh, experiences like that too. To yeah, sure. but, yeah, it's, it's um, not necessarily the most fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nowhere near as cool as watching it in the movies. Um, no, no, you know, that's a good story. Heck yeah, uh, glad you made it out alive. Me too, um, man. I wouldn't be here. Jail or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of high school, though, what kind of student were you? I was all right. I mean, I um, I devoted so. Like I said, I, I grew up a lot, around a lot of dumb kids. And like I said, I never was in serious trouble and stuff. And that was because I was very serious with basketball. I wanted to play D1, and that kept me out of a lot of, out of, a lot of trouble. So 
I, you know, I didn't really like, you know, smoke as much or drink as much as most of the other people around me. And I, you know, made sure I did my best in school. I have ADHD, so I had trouble in certain classes. Um, like, you know, it was hard for me to sit in a lecture and be able to retain all the information that was, you know, being given. So that was, that was a hard part for me. And it got, I was able to learn how to control it as the years went on. So like freshman year, I wasn't a very good student, but senior year, I was a pretty good student. Uh, so it got better. And a lot of the schools that were looking at me for basketball were division three schools. And a lot of them were uh, the new England area, very, very high academics. So I knew, you know, going into my junior, senior year that I had to really like push hard academically and get, you know, certain levels of ACT scores, SAT scores. So I, I gave it my best, but like I said, I wasn't, incredible or anything I just it's and even in college I just I hate school it's not something that I can just like devote all this time for but I tried really hard and I like you know I pushed myself and I, I went to tutors and, and and studied my ass off and took ADHD pills when I needed them and whatnot you know um, but it's just not something that came easy to me and I was the type of person that you know if I liked it and if I understood it it was going to come easy to me because I would devote all the time and I'd be able to retain the information. It's just like that with life for me is like, you know, I feel like I really enjoy coaching and everything about fitness. So it comes easy to me um, to be able to just like devote hours on hours per day to perfecting my craft, whether it's an athlete or as a coach. Yeah. Um, was there a subject in school that you did like a lot? Like what, what was the subject that you were, was your math favorite? actually was my best. Uh, just, I think the hands-on aspect of it, cause you know, you're always doing stuff in math, whether it was solving a problem or going on a calculator, you know, you were always like, you know, for not algebra, but like calculus and stuff, you know, you have to do so much to get to your solution, right? It's not just like you read for 10 minutes and then describe what happened during that reading. Like you're actually like going through it step by step. So that kind of just like kept my mind at, on the task at hand. Yeah. I love math. Um, and the thing I love about math is it's irrefutable, right? Like you're either right or you're wrong. Yeah, um, true. Or you're close, right? And being close still feels kind of good. But uh, <laughs> in like literature class and history, there's just so many variables, especially in literature when you would write a paper and get a bad grade. And it's like a lot of that is opinion. Um, yeah. You know, like the teacher saying, oh, you didn't try hard enough here. Or you didn't elaborate here. And you're like, mm -hmm. That's how I told the story, you know, like, I'm sorry. Uh, here, um, I also never proofread my stuff like ever. I was <laughs> like, I wrote that whole thing that took three hours. Ain't no way I'm going back through that to make sure I don't have any grammatical errors or anything like that. Yeah, I'm like, good. good luck. Yeah, Enjoy. like, if it, if it's in there, which it is, that's fine. <laughs> so be it. Um, What'd you go to college for? Exercise. Exercise and wellness, it was called, but it was just exercise science. I actually, I only did like three, three quarters of my degree. Um. And I just, I, I was working a lot through college, uh, coaching, you know, so many hours and training. And it got to the point where um, it didn't really make sense financially to put myself through school and only be doing, you know, X amount of hours. So I really do want to go back and finish. It's just a matter of when. And I know it's always there for me, whereas like competing might not always be there for me. So right now, this is what I'm going to focus on. And then, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But yeah. I told my parents I was going to finish school. So. You know, once I commit to something, I'm, I'm going to do it. I love that. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I'm still, I have five classes left until I finish my undergrad. I've been doing it for 10 years. Hey, man, uh, as long as you get it done, right? Yep, exactly. I mean, it's like, 
you know, like you said, um, time, money, all that stuff you have to allocate towards school. Yeah. And, you know, the older you get, I would say the harder it gets. And so not maybe maybe not older as if age is relative, but more or less like the more you grow in your your business or your athleticism and things like that. It's like, OK, well, I have to focus on this other thing. Um, and so I've just like chipped away over time, <laughs> chipped away. Yeah. So yeah. I feel that if you weren't uh, if you weren't pursuing you know, professional CrossFit athlete full-time and mm -hmm. coaching, uh, what else would you see yourself doing as a career? Like, what did you picture yourself doing when you were younger? Um, always, basketball, but. always in the athletic realm. Uh, I kind of saw myself as a basketball trainer, um, but I'd say more so, more along the lines of maybe an athletic trainer. There are some other things that have sparked my interest just because I have had a lot of injuries and I have had, you know, lots of things, you know, shitty parts of my body, hip impingements and whatnot and back injuries. So PT, you know, kind of like is interesting to me. And I do do a lot of research on, you know, ways to make my body, you know, move better, feel better and stuff like that. But then I think back at how much school I'd have to do to do that. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. But that's, it, it goes some, to something I always say to people. I'm like, in my, this is my opinion. And it's like, it's totally opinionative. I think unless you're going to really use your degree, I think school is so dumb. I really do. Um, because I've learned so much more about business life, how to market, uh, how to build for myself and others around me through just doing, you know, like none of which I learned in school. I didn't learn anything in school, even in the exercise of science and wellness realm. I can tell you everything that I apply to my coaching, my clients, my nutrition, their nutrition, and everything in between is nothing that I learned in school. Um, and that's all that I've learned through working with uh, people helping me with my macros, uh, working with people like Matt, going to PT, going to chiropractors. Um, and of course, they have tons of schooling, but this is all that I've learned like through them and through my experiences. So really, unless like you're going to really use your degree for something and it's a prerequisite for, for you know, PT or being a lawyer, I just, I, I personally don't see as much benefit in school. And I know that's completely opinion based, but that is, I feel very strongly about that. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree with you. And in many ways I do as well. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I think there's something to be said about the value of completing a degree now considering different circumstances, right? So it's not mm -hmm. like, I mean, you and I, I, I think there's value in completing it, but I have yet to complete it because I've had other priorities. But yeah, um, when I look at hiring people, I do like to see it because I, I can see that they've committed to something and finished it, but mm -hmm. it's not like a deciding factor for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree with you. If there's not a direct track following your degree, like you mentioned being a lawyer or a nurse mm -hmm. or a mechanic or, you know what I mean? If there's not something specific that you're gearing towards, then many times it does leave people um, clueless. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I would agree in many ways that, um, the education system needs reform, <laughs> uh, Agreed. but it, it's quite a racket because <laughs> when you think about like reform can't happen overnight, it's like, you look at this, the tobacco industry, like they knew very early on tobacco was killing people, but they mm -hmm. were like, well, crap, we're making so much money on this thing. So we have to slowly, but surely create reform here you know what i mean so it's like yeah. same thing of school it's like if they just eliminated all the pointless classes tomorrow you know how many people would go without a job you know how many teachers would lose their job oh, yeah no so it's sure. like they're like we know these classes are pointless but we're gonna probably take another hundred years to change it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like 
Um, so in many, like I said, in many ways, I agree. Uh, I love, especially when you get to the last like year or two years of your degree, when it's like very intensive, like I'm a marketing and psychology dual major. And so the classes I'm in now, because I'm five classes away, I like because they're oh, so sure. relative, but yeah. like those first two years and some of the, Oh, your, your counselor's like, you need to take this elective because it's just part of your thing. And you're like, why do I need to take a, the study of rocks as like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. What, the first two uh, years are miserable. Yeah. It's just, you're just paying your dues almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you in many ways. Like I said, um, what's your favorite competition you've done so far? Wadapalooza. Wadapalooza was fun. fun. It was fun. I was, I mean, my only, and this goes for like Granite Games too, my only critique, and I get it, it's just like making us wait until like 5 p.m. for our first event. I'm just like, yeah, doing the debrief at 8 a.m. and then 5 p.m. event. I'm like, I get you want to keep people there all day and like, you know, it is cool to, to put the events at night. But also at the same time, like it is cool to get the best performance possible out of your athletes. And I don't feel like you get that when you do, you know, an event at 5 p.m. and then another one at 7 p.m. Right. So like, for instance, day one at Granite Games, we had our first event at like 430. And then we had a decent break. I was able to eat a meal and then we got the lift. So, you know, it sucked having all that anxiety up to your first event, but there was enough recovery time. But then our second day mainly for the heat three men it was totally unfair because we had a 25 minute workout right and we were the last to go through that workout and then it went right to um 10 minute time cap workout and the women started so we had like an event at like 5 45 and then i don't know eight something or maybe 6 45 and eight something all i know is i got to go back to my room for 40 minutes and that was it yeah. Um, and that was just a walk up from my room for 40 minutes. And at no point was I, you know, feeling any sort of recovered because it was a brutal workout in the sun. And, uh, and I know that every heat before us had 15 more minutes of rest than us. Uh, and it just, that was just the way it was structured. And it was, I'm just like, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't see why we couldn't have fit our first workout in way earlier and like giving us way more rest. Um, but you know, I feel like, Wadapalooza, even though they did hold the events later, I feel like we did have adequate rest time between events. So that was nice. But yeah, the, the whole 8 a.m. brief and then you don't go until this time is like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think, I, I think I only went to like one brief at Wadapalooza. I kind of just <laughs> accepted my fate. If I was gonna have to dispute, it was just gonna be on me. Um, so, but I did go to all of them at the Granite Games. What was your favorite event at the Granite Games? I really, I really like the lifting one. That was, it's just fun, man. It's so fun. But obviously, like my favorite moment has to be, you know, winning, winning the Minnesota mashup one. That was my first event winning competition. Uh, I've taken second, you know, a handful of times, third a handful of times. And if you asked me if I was going to win a workout that weekend, it probably wouldn't have been that one. Uh, I thought maybe I had a chance at thruster handstand walk one, but that was about it. I mean, I think as an athlete. I don't know if I really have home run events. I thought, you know, I, I do with, or I did with lifting, but I don't feel like my strength is as strong as it used to be, which I'm totally okay with because, you know, I've gotten better at other things. So right. winning the Minnesota mashup was super cool. And 
I feel like I earned it because I felt like shit afterwards <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was that was that was a cool experience. What uh, who who's one of your favorite people to compete with or against? You know, I it's it's funny because I um, you know, I, I train with or I train next to like Dolan and, and James and stuff every day, but I really have a have a very high level of respect for both of them and specifically Dolan, I, I really like go back going back to what I said about like a killer. Like I feel like Dolan is one of the few that he, he is a killer and uh it's it's really impressive what he does at his body weight and how he moves and how mobile he is and how he handles himself off the competition floor on the competition floor to good days to bad days and everything in between i feel like all those things just they tell me that he's going to have a super successful career so you know while we are friends and friendly of course you know he's my guy when we were in the corral next to each other at wadapalooza we were literally in we would swap places each day at wadapalooza i'd be in second he'd be in third i'd be in third he'd be in second and just did that you know we we didn't talk to each other in the corral we didn't speak a word but you know when we're done after the last event, we're able to, you know, bring it together and, you know, reflect on, you know, that we're such good friends and, and, uh, you know, we're doing this together. Um, but at the same time, you know, we both want to, you know, rip each other's throats out. So it's, it's super cool. I really, I, I love that. That's a fun thing about the sport that I really admire, mm-hmm. um, especially as an individual sport, which can get pretty, uh, you know, can get pretty messy in other sports. Oh yeah. Um, Yep. If you could put anything up on a big blank billboard on the busiest intersection that you know of, what would the billboard say? Anything? Yeah. Uh, tune time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, what uh, What's your advice for like an aspiring CrossFit Games athlete? Have patience. Like I just say, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a long time. It doesn't matter how good you think you are, or, you know, how genetically gifted you are. You need to, you need to be able to be humbled. You need to be able to have good days. You need to be able to have more bad days than good days and just have patience, trust the process because, you know, while I've seen tons of comments like, where did this dude come from? He just came from, you know, overnight or this person's, you know, on steroids or this or that. It's like, no man, every I respect everybody that I compete against because I know that none of these people it was just handed to them and they were just good at it. Like it takes years and years and years of hard work, uh, of suffering, of being diligent with your mobility, eating right. Like you, you need to just have patience. So I think that's the biggest thing because you know if you expect it to happen in six months, then you're probably going to get let down pretty quick because it's not going to happen that quick. And I, I think everybody can attest to that. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned genetics for a second. So I always ask this question and I'm, I'm super interested in people's responses. When you look at like CrossFit games, athletes, yourself mm-hmm. included now. Um, and if you were to draw like a pie graph mm-hmm. and, and credit a portion of that pie graph to hard work and then the other portion of it to genetics, how much would you say contributes to high level athleticism like yours and those of your other competitors? If you asked me it like a few years ago, I would say that more of it's credited to hard work. But I do feel at this point, especially in the men's field, you like it, it's just so damn competitive this these days, man. Like you need to have good genetics and you, you need to like and whether that's like 
genetically you're very gifted like mobility wise right like if you can't get into certain positions because you you lack shoulder mobility don't expect to be able to compete like you're not gonna be able to overhead squat that bar you know like whereas you used to be able to have those those uh, those limiters and stuff so you know i would have said like maybe it was like 60 percent hard work 40 percent genetics whereas like i would say it's about like 50 50 these days i, I just feel like if, if you know you're genetically not gifted at all I don't think you can you can make the CrossFit Games. Just like if you're genetically not gifted as a basketball player, like if you're you're five foot dude or five six dude, and you're not blessed with like the ability to jump through the roof and have the craziest speed, like don't expect to go to the NBA. Like sorry, you know it's just it's just not in the cards for you. And I would I would say CrossFit's you know not that it's totally there at that point as black and white as that, but I'd say it's getting there because there are there are those exceptions, right? Like you know height wise athleticism wise where people are able to make up because they're so damn like skilled or you know stuff like that um but i feel like it's it's just very very competitive now and and yeah we do need to have good genetics um if you are are you a reader phil do you read books recently i've actually actually read a i read a book which is the first time in many years leading up to what you what do you read I read uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Were you inspired by uh, Andy Frazella? Andy's the he's the man. I love Andy. Um, you know his podcasts are great, and I he's like what he says is like how I just feel. Like it's just so blunt and real, and I I just like I I love it. Like I I consider myself myself you know very honest and and like like you like I said to you you know like. I wear my my uh, my emotions on my sleeve, like in the gym and stuff. Like some people might be like, "Whoa, that's scary!" Like the way he got angry, or he's really mean, or he looks mean. It's like, no, it's just like it's just who I am and how I am. And you can take it or leave it because it doesn't matter if this is my first time meeting you and you catch me on one of those days. I'm not going to be different just because you're there. Uh, and that's how I am with everybody and everybody. Everybody who knows me, they know that that's what they're going to get from me 100 percent of the time. So like what Andy says and stuff about you know you know, working hard and being real and, you know, humans are, you know, not that for the most part, you know, I, I love what he says. So yes, I definitely. Yeah. I just, when you mentioned that book, it's, I think, uh, a couple years back I was, uh, Andy had mentioned that book and I ended up reading it and it's the reason why I'm in CrossFit now, ironically. So like I come from, you know, just out of high school going into the bodybuilding world and I did that for years and then powerlifting and then uh, did a couple Spartan races for fun and realized how unfit I truly was, right? Like, I, you know, 4% body fat, but I can't run for shit. You know what I mean? Like, yep. um, and so uh, then I listened to David Goggins because I started reading it and everyone was like, bro, you got to listen to it. And it's an incredible audio book. I've heard, um, I've heard the audio is awesome because the little podcast he does. at the end Yeah, of the he does the interviews and stuff. Yeah. And so I listened to it and I was like, you know what, man, I'm playing it safe. Like, I'm still over here in the global gym doing what i love but like i've been doing this for years i'm not growing um so i was like i need to start running i want to do a triathlon and so i signed up for a triathlon and then i was like well i might as well just join crossfit yeah so i joined crossfit and then you know here we are so david goggins is literally the reason why i'm uh in crossfit so i'm grateful but i'm also very beat up from it so (laughs) (laughs) true um so we'll we'll finish off with some fun rapid fire questions, man. These are these are fun for some people and stupid for others. But uh, <laughs> what's your favorite cartoon as a kid? SpongeBob. 
Okay. Easy. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Uh, beach or mountains? Beach. What What beach is your favorite beach? Ever or in Florida? Yeah, ever. Ever. Uh, probably Jones Beach, just because it's like the beach that I grew up going to. It's in Long Island. Yeah, nice. Um, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh? Probably Pokemon. Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z? Pokemon. I, I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z, unfortunately. Oh, I know, I just that. never really got hip to it. Don't tell Maddie D that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if you could choose to talk to every animal on the planet or understand all human languages, which one would you choose? Every animal. I could care less about humans. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I talk to enough humans. I'm good. Yeah, I just um, want to talk to my dogs. It's my favorite thing to do. You it know, would be so I, weird, though. You like walk out of your house and you hear insects and you hear birds. and be like, all right, y'all. Yeah, chill out. Chill out. Um, they're always fighting. Those two birds are over there always, <laughs> yeah. always arguing. That one's coming home late every night. You hear his wife yelling at him. Um, <laughs> um, Phil, last but not least, man, I like to sort of drop this bomb on people before we close out. How do you want people to remember you, you know, when everything is all said and done? Um, just, you know, for being myself, just honest, hardworking, you know, doesn't smile a lot during competition. Uh, but yeah, man, just, you know, never, you know, going with like being somebody I'm not, you know, just always, always being myself. And I think that's just the most authentic, important thing to, to me. Love it. Phil, man, I appreciate you jumping on the show. Um, again, congratulations on your punching your ticket to the CrossFit games at the most recent sure. Granite Games semifinal. Was lo- I love watching you perform. It's been awesome watching you excel over the past year uh, that I've been following you personally. <laughs> Um, and you know, I'll see you at the game. So best of luck with the training leading up to that. And thanks again for being on today's show. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me.